0: Thank you for joining us for the second installment of our interview with Stuart Sherry exploring sensors in autonomous vehicles. Now one of the things that you do in kind of as part of your job is correct me if I'm wrong, but at least as I understand it, is you investigate accidents after the fact, as it relates to kind of these technologies to determine kind of what role they may have played or just what happened in the crash in general now i know just from my experience that you know in the last 10 plus years a lot of vehicles now contain what we call or what's commonly referred to as the black box the Mm -hmm. the ecm module and i've had a couple of cases that i've handled where they've pulled those ecm modules um They've pulled the black boxes and they've downloaded some data and they've given it to me. And it shows some stuff, the speed of the vehicle, at the time of the impact, whether or not the brake was applied, whether or not, you know, the, the last time the gas pedal was pushed. But there's not a lot of other data, in at least in some of the vehicles, outside of kind of those basic parameters. As you kind of investigate these, you know, ac- motor vehicle accidents that involve some of these more advanced technologies, tell me what are you looking for? What can you see? And kind of what does the investigation look like now? Yeah, I think that
1: is going to be the very interesting part of the future of autonomous driving. Um, today, as you mentioned, we have the Part Five Sixty Three of the codified federal regulations that basically establishes. If your car has, as you mentioned, ECM or an event data recorder, it's often called, here's the things it has to record. As you said, maybe brake applied, um, gas pedal position, velocity, it has to record X number of seconds before an accident, and that's defined, and that's great. But there's not a lot of information available about uh, or defined as to what's needed for a car that has an autonomous driving capability. Uh, For example, I did a case study on a Tesla that, that did a crash had an, had an accident while I was on autopilot and the EDR data contained nothing um, that was relevant for the crash. What had to happen in that case is you have to work with the manufacturer. So in this case, Tesla, um, and gain access to some of their proprietary information. That's where I see the, the future going, that either we're going to end up with more regulations or we're going to have some issues with manufacturers or suppliers because there's a lot of information that's stored that may give um, clear information or clear answers to what happened during an accident. For example, maybe a radar system that will tell you it had a conflict with the LIDAR system saying, hey, I saw an obstacle in the LIDAR system that I didn't. That's not defined to be recorded in an event data recorder. Um, and so an OEM, an original equipment manufacturer or supplier may or may not decide to store that in some other module. So if you go do a crash investigation, maybe there's a sensor fusion ECU now, it's not an event data recorder, it's not an ECM, it's not an airbag control module. It's not defined by any federal regulations what to record. So we would be having to work with the manufacturer of those devices um, to gain access to the proprietary software, their code, which I think becomes a a difficult process. Um, You may or may not have cooperation from, from that party, depending on what side they're on of the litigation, and that's really where a lot of the answers are going to lie in the future. I look at black box data from aircraft that's been around forever, well-defined, um, been in the industry for generations. It's still new in the auto industry, and it's not adapting, and I believe fast enough to support uh, crash investigation for autonomous-type features.
0: Now, a couple of things I'd like to unpack from what you just said, The the first of which is that, As it relates to the event data recorder, or as I refer to them as the ECMs, is that these black box, the data is currently covered by, by you indicated, a federal regulation. Is that correct? That is correct. Do you see or do you have any sort of kind of predictions or do you anticipate that we'll see kind of federal regulations that also govern the data that surrounds the autonomous features?
1: I do think we will because you look at NHTSA, for example, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Um, they're very active in this space. They've, they've started their, I believe, called AV, AV, autonomous vehicle, AV start program, where they're getting input from, um, from manufacturers, from suppliers to try and really understand what do they need to do. Um, so I think we will see something in the future. It'll just really be a question of what it will be, if it'll be consistent across uh, manufacturers, if it'll be a recommendation like we see with um, the current one, that it doesn't mandate you have a data recorder, but says if you do, here's what you must do. So will we see something like that? If you have, um, you know, autopilot or Cadillac Super Cruise or something where you can have hands off the wheel, here's the things you must record. But I, I definitely think we will see it because, as I said, NHTSA is involved in discussion on these topics.
0: Well, and one of the things that I know that I've discussed kind of in – this is an ongoing topic, not just in autonomous vehicles, but just in a lot of the emerging technology space is the fact that these companies generate – and not just these companies, but these technologies generate a lot of data. And it seems like it's an, it's an exponential growth of data that is recorded and then used and analyzed to assist the product in becoming better. And so it, it occurs to me that if there is this large amount of data that's being collected for the vehicle to make these decisions, it's got to be stored somewhere. And, and as you indicated in the case of the Tesla, you just needed the proprietary access to gain it. But it would occur to me that eventually NHTSA, the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration, or some other regulatory body, would step in and kind of re- regulate that data.
1: Yeah, I, I get the same feeling. Um, like you said, that there's so much data collected today. Some of it stays on the car, right? So if we have a car in an accident, we can go to it and somehow access it immediately. But a, mo- a lot of it, a majority of it, is stored somewhere else, offsite. Like I said, on servers that are used to um, improve their learning algorithms. So that data may be accessible elsewhere after a crash for years, or who knows how long. Um, and like you said, the, the issue really could be interesting. Do we start to get some standards and regulation saying this is the kind of things you must record if you have these features? Now, I could see on the OEM or manufacturer side them arguing against um, the regulation, saying it's an undue burden on us to to make us record this data. And that's where I think maybe you start to see recommendations where NHTSA says or we get a regulation that says, if you do this, here's how you should do it. Um, so that maybe re- relieves some of that burden. But um, every OEM, I think, also does do it differently. Most cars today do have some sort of cellular capability where they are transmitting data to their Ford server or GM server or something somewhere. Um, so you're going to see more and more of that being com- become accessible probably through these kind of proceedings.
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting because we've had this discussion with some, some other guests about, question always goes back to who owns the data and as you're Mm -hmm. talking about you know and i'm not picking out any specific company but the vehicles transmitting the data back to the manufacturers to be stored on the manufacturer's servers or in their cloud platform platforms to essentially Help them develop better algorithms and better decision-making processes. And the question does boil, or again, gets asked at least: Who owns that data? If if I'm the driver driving the car, and I'm the one that essentially is helping to create that data, do I have some some ownership interest? So it is interesting, just kind of. This topic comes up in a lot of spaces, and so it seems like it's it seems like it's going to be probably prevalent in this space too. Yeah, I would agree. I mean,
1: as it is today, if we have to access an event data recorder for a case we're investigating, um, we are supposed to get permission from the owner of that vehicle. Um, You know, there can be exceptions made if it's a criminal investigation or things of that nature, but um, at least today, it seems that the, the the default is the owner of the vehicle owns the event data recorder data. But to your point, we all get cell phones and we just thumb through the terms of service and click OK. We don't ever, I mean, most of us don't ever read who owns that data. We all know it's probably not us. And I can for sure see our cars in the future. The first time you start it up, this, you know, screen comes up, read through 10 pages, accept, yep, sounds good. I want my car to work great. So I accept. And later you find out, you know, you sold all your data to them and you have no ownership. But that's most likely the way things will go, from a corporation
0: standpoint, you know, and this is another topic that I've heard come up, and and I don't know if you have any kind of thoughts on it, but one of the things that I've heard at, from a business model from some of these vehicle manufacturers is that they're going to start offering some of these technologies in a subscription-based model that can be turned on and off. Yes. Yeah. So you you know you might download a level two plus. Um, Autonomous vehicle feature. You drive it in July and August. You pay some dollar amount per month. September rolls around and you say, I don't use it that much. I've got no long trips planned or I'm just driving the car around. I turn it off. You know, and I wonder if that subscription service is utilized in, or that model is utilized if we're going to see some of the data ownership issues that you just described kind of become more prevalent. Yeah, I would say yes. I can tell
1: you in my previous life when I was doing development of these kind of ECUs, um, we were developing a product that was more of a, what I call, comfort feature for autonomous vehicles. So, Um, If you have an autonomous vehicle, you'd want to probably have a nice, comfortable seat to sit in. And we were developing technologies to add vibration, lumbar massage, you know, there's really nice comfort features. And the idea was to sell that as a subscription. So the seat would already have all the hardware and software included. And you decided, like you said, I'm going to take a long trip. I want to have my vibration massage for this long trip. And you would pay X number of dollars to have it on that trip. So that's already out there and in discussion.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Well, Stuart, that's all we have for today. I, I just wanted to thank you again for taking the time to come in with talk with us. Your expertise in this area obviously is very beneficial both to myself, but I know to our listeners, kind of as you explain this technology, especially from the engineering perspective, it really kind of helps us to understand how it you know plays a role in the, the cars we're driving now and probably will be driving in the next five to ten years. Thanks a lot, Zach. I appreciate it as well. Thank you.